Is there a witch in the woods? A curse on your camp? A haunting in your home? It's time to find out. Welcome to the Cower Hour. I'm your host, Briar. And I'm Nora. And this week we've watched Friday the 13th, Part 3, released in 1982, directed by Steve Miner and produced by Frank Mancuso Jr. I think you mean Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D. How could I forget the most important part about this movie? The pivotal piece of its filming. It is a very influential aspect of the production. You could say it's just about the only thing they cared about. Uh, I guess so. There's one cool thing in this movie, and it's not the 3D. Oh, wow. We'll get to that. But first up, is there anything else on the plate we want to cover before we jump into the summer? Well, I haven't really watched any movies, but I did engage with some horror media. I would call it horror. I would say uh, that I'm putting the live-action adaptation of this manga on our to-do list. Um, Just thematically, I don't know that it's scary, but Devil Man. I've heard of him. um, You might have heard of Devil Man. It's an old manga from the 70s, and I read it all uh, earlier this week, and I really liked it. That's good. Um, it starts off very sort of goofy and um, wacky, I guess. And it just becomes very violent and gory, but in a way that is still not, like, unpleasant. It's like... it it keeps some of that not necessarily all the goofiness from the beginning parts but it does keep a certain like a blunted edge on the depiction of the violence yeah in my opinion um it's i enjoyed reading it a lot um then i read the sequel i started the sequel and immediately it was like, okay, you like some fucked up shit? Here's some fucked up shit. And I was like, no, actually, I, I just, I liked the devil man. Uh, uh, so did not care for the immediacy of vile shit happening in devil man lady. Cannot recommend devil man lady, but devil man, pretty good manga. Um, I never got around to the Netflix show devil man crybaby. Um, I watched one episode when it came out and then I like slid off immediately, but I think with being more grounded in what's actually happening by reading the manga, I probably enjoy it a lot more. Probably. I didn't even know it had a sequel until I like saw you tweet about it. Yeah, it's no good. That's unfortunate. Uh, I think. I haven't read any manga in a long time. I should probably get back to that. I also started reading Helsing, but, uh... I've only got, I think, two and a half volumes in out of, like, ten. Um, did not know that Helsing was going to be about Nazis. That's the only thing I knew about Helsing, funnily enough. <laughs> I've gotten to, gotten to the point in the story where I stopped watching the anime, or at least that I stopped remembering the anime, because I would definitely watch the anime, like, a decade ago or whatever, uh, or more. It was probably in, like, 2008, 2009. Uh, the first anime, don't remember most of it, but I remember the first, like, 
two arcs or so. Like, once you get past the early scene where, like, there's a bunch of zombies attacking the Helsing base, that's about as far as I remembered. And immediately after that is when they say, ah, yes, the Nazis, they're back. (laughs) That's what our focus is now. Yeah, Um, that tends to happen in anime sometimes. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, I look forward to seeing Alucard tear up some Nazis. That'll be fun. Uh, Alucard is very cool and good and is my husband. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm glad he's got to hear he's on our side when it comes to the Nazis. I can Sarah's Victoria also. This is a Sarah's Victoria uh, stan account. She's great. I also didn't know that Helsing was so funny because I don't think they kept the humor in the anime that I remember. Um, But it it has a lot of goofy, like, humorous asides, especially with Saris. Um, It's pretty pretty neat. Do you think I... I think there's there's a little more tongue-in-cheek in in that manga than I remember it from as it was depicted in the anime. And so if if you love some good-natured horror-ish stuff uh the manga that i've been reading this week has been a pretty satisfying little taste that sounds pretty good the thing i actually had my eyes on was i think it's called chainsaw man or something like that oh yeah quite a few people have been tweeting about that one recently all my friends are reading it um and it seems to be a very cool like sort of like, from the outside, looking in, what I can t- tell you about Chainsaw Man is that it's the f- it might be a femdom pet play manga about a guy with chainsaws for hands, but he might not always have the chainsaws for hands. I think he might turn into a man with chainsaws for hands. Now, that's not quite the sales pitch I've gotten from other people, but interesting. I know that she calls him a dog all- the whole time. Hmm. And then, like, in a possessive way, like, my dog, etc. Oh, I got you. So. Um, unfortunately, I have not been doing anything even horror-adjacent recently. But I have watched one episode of Revolutionary Girl Utana. I've also been playing Umarangi Generation, which would you like to hear about, Norman? I don't know hardly anything about either of those things. But I know less about the second one that you said. Yes, that is a game that came out recently on Steam. I think it is by... I know it was published by Playism. I forget the name of the studio. I should have grabbed that before I started talking about it. It is by Ori Game Digital. Uh, it is a photography game, basically. Uh, you are like a hmm. courier. They're each level, you have a, a package to deliver. You've got 10 minutes to do it. And you have a bunch of like photo bounties to do in that 10 minutes. Um... And you don't have to deliver the package on time, but you get a little bit more, I think, progress towards unlocking like different camera equipment if you make sure you get all of that stuff in. Hmm. Uh, and it's pretty cool. really fun. It is it has been very enjoyable just like practicing those levels and finding like the best ways to get all of that stuff within the time for the package. Um, it has a very like sharp visual style. It has been fun doing photography. I like it. I've never like been a person who was super into taking lots of photos and video games before, but this has like got me interested in it in a way I haven't been before. That sounds neat. 
It is. Uh, that anytime there is a courier in a piece of fiction, my brain says, ah, an infamous prequel. Ah, see, whenever couriers come up, my brain immediately goes to New Vegas. Oh, that's fair. Ring a ding ding, baby. That's a sure. New Vegas thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't even been to Old Vegas yet. Oh, uh, you don't get to go to it. Wait, I think you do get to go to Old Vegas. I forget. I don't know actually well, where I mean, Vegas is, figuratively. I, I mean, I can't go to Old Vegas right now. I don't have any money for travel, but... Well, none of us can go to Old Vegas. There's a quarantine on. <laughs> Fair. Unfortunately. Uh, well, with that aside, I think it's about time we start talking about the movie. Yeah. So, content warnings for violence and gore, kind of the, the general Friday the 13th staples here. Um, this this one isn't innovating in that degree of the content. But after a brief recap of the ending of Friday the 13th Part 2, and some intro credits where the names and titles fly at you because 3D has been invented, we are reintroduced to our antagonist Jason Voorhees as he stalks and kills the owners of a convenience store. Jason loves murder, he learned everything about it from his mum, and he looks like that because he grew up in a lake. Don't worry about it. I will say that 3D films were invented long before this movie. Oh, were they? Yeah, it's kind of, sort of a recur- It's Okay, so you know how the Reapers come every 50,000 years to extinguish all life? So too does 3D uh, appear every 20 years to extinguish all creativity in cinema. Ah, okay. I just like I saw all these obvious 3D things and went to the Wikipedia page and was like, "Wow, mm, yeah, we sure did focus on the 3D a lot during the filming of this movie and made assumptions." I think um, I think it was just they like, were tough to do or something. They cropped up, in- huh? I think it was just tough to do or something. There was a lot of like recap about how hard it was to get the shots. Hmm. I bet. Um. I was looking at Wikipedia and it was like, they've existed in some form or another since like 1915 and came to like popularity in the 50s and then again in the 80s and 90s and then yeah. again in like the tw- late 2000s tw- and then again in the 2010s. It just like keeps recurring. 
Weird. Um, I would like to see what they were doing with 3D in 1915. That would be cool. Uh, where was I? So we are. After that, we are swiftly introduced to literally seven characters at the same time as they set off for a vacation at Crystal Lake. As Chris, characters is a strong word. <laughs> well, I don't have a different one I can use for them. Um. Uh, well, I was going to say actors. That's also a strong word. We're, I guess they are acting. We're introduced but... to seven pairs of walking clothes as they set off for a vacation at Crystal Lake. Well, yes. Anyway, um, the one that we are introduced to, it is the, for some reason, has the most, like, characterization until one character gets a bunch of characterization later, is the jokester. This is a return of uh, whatever the fuck his name was in the first movie. Uh, we have another prankster in the in the team who does shitty pranks. Uh, this one's name is Shelley. He gets right on everyone's nerves. But this time, the prankster is sympathetic because he's fat and sad. And the movie really goes into how that makes him a bad person. Yeah, he... All of his or lines... Or if it doesn't make him a bad person, it drives him to be a bad person. All of his lines are either him being an asshole or being self-deprecating about why he's an asshole. Yes. Kind of sucks. And it's like, he achieves a self-awareness, or at least expresses a self-awareness, but right before he is killed. So, like... They did take another step with that character before killing him of like, he knows that the reason that he's an asshole is because he would rather be known for that than be known for his physical appearance because of the way that what that what treatment that gets him is not preferable to the treatment of the pranks. But um, it's still still that's like the only person other than like the main I hesitate to say main character, but you know who I mean by the main character. Yeah. Um, that's the only person who gets any real character development or exploration in this movie other than uh, Chris. Is that her name? Yes. Chris and her 40-year-old teen boyfriend? <laughs> oh, we'll get to him. Beto O'Rourke? <laughs> uh, the stoners are kind of fun, but they are definitely like a copy-pasted set of characters from a thousand other movies. Mm-hmm. There's, they don't even like do enough pot jokes. I feel like, except for the one early on. Yeah, they kind of get rid of the pot, like the opportunity for pot jokes, very quickly. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna recap these characters so we can remember the names, and I don't have to describe them every time they come up. So there's Chris, his parents on the house they're headed to, Andy and his pregnant girlfriend Debbie, Shelley and his blind date Vera, and a pair of stoners named Chuck. And the girl is called Chili, which. Okay. I shouldn't judge. Eh, yeah. Sure. Uh, and there is also Shelley. Obviously, he's a fucking square. Gets very pretentious in the van about the stoners. Isn't there more to life than smoking dope? God, that's what he says. He also has his briefcase full of prank devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very proud of it. Uh, they briefly think they're being pulled over by the cops and start eating the weed, and they are not being pulled over <laughs> by the cops. 
unfortunately. This is the second of two weed jokes, and this is the last one. The first one is, oh no, the van is on fire, and then they open the door and they're just smoking a bunch of weed inside. Yes, that, I, I laughed at that. That was quite funny. To me, at least. Maybe I have mm-hmm. like a low tolerance for, would it be a low or high tolerance for stoner jokes? I don't know how pain tolerance works, like, grammatically speaking. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how this works, a, but... A scientist will probably sure. write it and correct me that. I mean, it, a meaner person might say you have lower standards. Mm. That would probably be more accurate. Uh, I have criminally low oh, standards for many things. <laughs> so, along the road to the lake house, they pass the scene of the murders at the convenience store. Chris is reassured by her friends that she has nothing to worry about, and they later pass by an old man sleeping in the road. He warns them to turn back while menacing them with a decomposing eye he's found. Them and us. Yes. Uh, naturally, they don't listen to him. That's how these movies go. And they head on forwards until they meet character number eight, Chris's boyfriend, Rip, who definitely looks like he's at least in his 30s. 40s is probably more accurate. He looks like Beto O'Rourke. So I'm English. I can't stop I seeing don't it. really know who Beto O'Rourke is. Picture, like, a youth minister, and I say that because Beto O'Rourke looks like my old youth minister from when I was a teenager. Would you say he looks like the character Rick from Friday the 13th Part 3? Not at all. Ah, okay, no, I, I, I just don't have a frame of reference, then. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, he grabs and kisses this... her by surprise and wonders why she doesn't like this. I mean, she does, but she, you know. Mm-hmm. She does like him. She just didn't she know that he was there. Does not like being surprised in that way, given yeah. events that we'll be told about later. Mm-hmm. Uh, after everyone settles into the house and Shelley is an asshole someone after pretending to be murdered, uh, I think he'll get really good at as this movie goes on. Shelley and Vera drive out to a convenience store where they are lightly menaced by the local biker gang, which is three people, I guess. Camp Crystal Lake is a small community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelly reverses into their bikes while trying to leave, and then pisses them off even more by driving, uh, driving over the leader's bike uh, after the leader smashes the windows of the car. Uh, meanwhile, back at the house, Andy reminds us that 3D is a major feature of this movie. He sort of dangles a yo-yo at the screen a few times. Mm-hmm. The best part is when they do something like that, but then it doesn't focus on the objects, so it just looks shit. Mm. Yeah, I love the parts where it looks like shit. Yeah, the eyeball was one of the ones I noticed especially, where it's all blurry and it's right up next to the camera. Yeah, and that is a shot that lasts about like 0.5 seconds, so they only have a very brief window for it to work in, and it doesn't work. Um, I, I got the the image from reading the Wikipedia page that they were very frustrated at trying to get these shots to work. Mm -hmm. I would simply not try to make a movie 3D, personally. Yeah, I don't know if it was really worth it. Maybe they could have invested that effort elsewhere. I think the more modern version of 3D movie where it looks, where it like focuses more on depth rather than approaching. Yes. Is like a better, just generally a better looking result. Yeah, I haven't seen a 3D movie in quite a while. I think it's on a backswing. Uh, I mean, all movies are on a backswing right now. Oh, true. 
Um, there is a part where they are trying to grab away from the convenience store where they just kind of roll to a stop in front of the leader and like wait for a few seconds for him to do something. They could have driven away. Because he stands in front of them and holds out his hand, which is has a chain, and then he like smiles at them and then he breaks their windshield. Mm, I simply would have driven. Sorry to Shelly, but I'm different. Well, I mean, I can't you know drive, what? so we, we would have run into other problems. I congratulate you on being smarter than a horror movie character. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, they drive back to the house and settle in again, a brief shot revealing that Jason is just chilling in the barn this entire time. And Chris and Rick head off to get some alone time in the woods. The bikers show back up and siphon some grass from the van with the intent of burning down the barn. Fox sneaks off to look for the barn ahead of the others and marvels at all the old shit for a while, unaware that she's being stalked by Jason. Eventually she heads... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm gonna roll that back. Try that one again. Eventually she heads up the ladder, and when Loco comes in to find her, uh, he finds her impaled on a beam with a pitchfork, a fate he very swiftly shares. The leader, Ali, comes in with the barn with the remaining guests, and has Loco's body roll down and land on him. He spots Jason and tries to fight him off, but is knocked out and beaten on the head, presumably to death. Rest in peace, the biker gang of Crystal Lake. Rest in peace, two of the three people of color in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, they're, they have to be in the gang, obviously. I mean, at least they got to be in this movie. If you remember in where all the characters of color in the previous movie went... I believe mm-hmm. they went to they, a bar for the entire They went movie. to a bar and then left the movie, most of them. <laughs> um, Arguably a better ending for them. But uh, I do wish that I had Fox's outfit, because that's pretty good. It's a very cool outfit. Pretty good get-up. I like those boots. Fox is very cool in the convenience uh, scene. Convenience store scene. Mm-hmm. That's the only part of the movie where Shelley comes off as anything like approaching confident. So, yeah. Can I get you fellas a beer? It really feels like sometimes like in the first half of the movie, like Shelley is going to be like a protagonist. Yeah, he feels weirdly and like the main character. If it might be mod- modernity poisoning, where like in a more modern movie, the nerdy, schlubby dude would obviously be the audience self-insert. Oh, absolutely. That's like And, like, super, be way cooler. That's like the super bad thing, right? What's that actor called? I don't know. I don't know super bad. Neither do I. I was assuming this was a more recognizable cinematic experience. <laughs> um, I just know that actor fails that, like, kind of role in movies a lot. Or maybe he did like mm-hmm. that. That was many years ago at this point. But who knows? Uh, in the house, Shelly comes on way too strong and then calls Vera a bitch when she won't instantly sleep with him. As she heads outside and someone quietly enters the house. Upstairs, Andy and Debbie figure out how to make things work on a hammock. Out in the woods, Chris explains to Rick that she came back to face her fears after surviving being assaulted by Jason the previous summer. They set off walking back to the house, since the car's battery has died. Chuck heads out to the outhouse to take care of business and light up a joint. But someone menacingly shakes the outhouse, and he comes out to investigate. 
Uh, he sees Jason, a large, bald man, and somehow mistakes him for Shelly entering the barn. And uh, Chili comes out, and the two of them head into the barn to try and give Shelly a piece of his own medicine and frighten him. But he's not there, so the two leave. Kind of a nothing scene, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was Jason that shook the outhouse, which seems kind of out of character for him. I don't know. He he does. He's always doing a lot in these movies. I suppose. Just like weird weird spooks. No, oh, I guess he. I guess he does. He loves to throw people through windows to scare the people inside, or like set up stuff to. Well, like... you know, he learned from his mama. She was one of the best. Yeah, exactly. Um. Where was I? So, Vera, sitting at the lakeside, has her foot grabbed by Shelly, king of romance, who is suited up in a wetsuit and a hot mask with a spear gun to go aquatically pissing people off, I guess. Um, seems like a lot Marilyn Manson goes door to door trying to shock people. <laughs> it seems like a lot of work <laughs> for one scare, I feel like. Um, but you do you, Shelly. You won't be able to do it for long. Uh, he notices something and goes to investigate the barn under the impression that Chuck and Chili are in there. Vera drops his wallet into the water and walks around to the shore to retrieve it as it floats over in that direction. After wandering, wading out to get it, someone who is obviously not Shelly, wearing the hockey mask and brandishing the spear gun appears, and she just kind of stands there as Jason slowly aims the spear gun at her and shoots her directly in the eye. She is dead. Rest in peace. Oh. Rest in peace to the third person of color in this movie. Yes, couldn't resist the 3D shot here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks great. Mm, very good. Very worth it. Uh, Jason enters the house and heads upstairs, Andy and Debbie, next on his hit list. Andy has some sort of weird thing for walking on his hands all the time and fails to notice Jason stood in the hallway who gets him with a machete. Debbie gets out of the shower and goes to look for him when he doesn't respond to her and ends up just sitting back in a hammock. But when blood drips down Hunter, she looks up and realizes that Andy's body has been hoisted up onto the ceiling beams just as she is grabbed from below and impaled. Uh, the walking on his hands are the. That's a weird single character trait to give someone. I feel like that actor just could do that, and he was like, well, I'm not gonna not do this. Uh, hey, Mr. Director Man, watch this shit. Uh, it really just feels like, yeah, he, you know, Billy knows how to walk on his hands, so we just let him do that. Uh, we didn't really write anything for this character to be other than horny, so seems uh, it really, I think it really brought a, a lot of depth to the character. Seems like a pretty good excuse for him not noticing someone stood in the hallway. It's good enough. True. Uh-huh. I mean, the spot checks aren't coming up great in these movies anyway. No. These movies do largely revolve around people looking directly at Jason and either not noticing him or seeing him and willingly believe it's someone else. Um. Uh, I will say, I don't think... I don't think this one had any of those first-person shots, did it? Uh, no. I think in a lot of places that they traditionally would have used the first-person shot, they do actually go for, like, a third person slightly behind Jason. Hmm. Uh, which is weird, I guess. First-person shots, now that you've mentioned them, do feel kind of like a part and parcel of these films. Mm Hmm. 
um, yeah, the the influence of Halloween on on that is like really strong. There, there's a specifically a scene where Jason starts poking through the barn later on, where he's like throwing things around, and it's like I feel like that one should have been in first person, as he's just like stalking around throwing shit. Yeah. Generally, the stalking stuff as well would have been in first person, right? Like, when we see him peering mm-hmm. out of the barn and stuff, that would have been from his perspective before. Yeah, um, but this is the same director as part two, right? I do think so, yeah. But that's just interesting that they, like, decided to alter that in that way. But it, but also, like, we were watching these movies, like, eight of them came out in a decade. Yeah. And, like, watching them shift stylistically is going to be interesting and this is the first time i noticed that happening yeah that makes sense but yeah um so after the lights go out chuck heads out to check the fuse box alone shelly is thrown quite horribly slashed wanders back into the house but she thinks he is just playing another prank not realizing that he is actually dead until his limp body collapses to the floor she runs through the house to find help only to find the bodies of Andy and Debbie before she too is impaled with a hot poker. Uh, Chuck is obviously alone in the cellar, also killed. I uh, gets thrown into the, like the, the um the power thingy, you know mm-hmm. the power thingy. Right, of course. Uh, after like threatening himself, seeing like three different inanimate objects in the cellar. I mean, the thi- one thing we we passed over also, um, you just reminded me, is when Fox almost falls on a pitchfork, mm-hmm. and then like 30 seconds later is stabbed with a pitchfork by Jason. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she gets a lot closer to it the second time around. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Rick finally show up out of the forest, and want to find the place empty and the lights all turned off. There's no sign of anyone, and Rick heads out to investigate. Chris follows him, only coming out as far as the doorway, while around the corner, Andy, not Andy, Rick, struggles with Jason just out of sight. She heads back inside, and Jason squashes Rick's head, causing one of his eyes to fly out. 3DE. This is the aforementioned shot that doesn't work. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can see, like, a cable fairly clearly also. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when Jason comes back in the next one, he's going to have the fucking Millennium Eye now. Good good job. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Um, I understand these movies. I, I do want to see... Sorry. I do want to see Yugi play cards with Jason. <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't know that... Maybe Jason would go along with it. I, yeah, he's clearly, like, intelligent to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, where was that? He's just mad. Yeah, he's just he just loved murder. It's the only thing he knows. He was. I don't really know why he's here this time, but he is. I mean, they're camping next to Camp Crystal Lake, right? Oh, are they? Yeah, this is this is on Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, not Camp. Crystal I know Lake. they mentioned Crystal Lake once at the beginning, but this this is like a lake house on Crystal Lake. I'm pretty sure. I think maybe you you get the camp, but you don't get the whole lake. Come on, no. It's also not the camp. I, I've misspoke. The camp is somewhere else. Uh, no, yeah, like Jason, you get to haunt the camp. Like, makes sense. Got it. You, that's yours now. Well, the whole lake, though. I mean, that's the, that's the thing, right? It isn't his anymore. You know, there's police tape around that place. He's been forced out. 
Oh, and damn. He just really likes the look of this bomb. He really wanted that rabbit. He wanted it a little bit too much. Oh, I guess actually, no, it would have been the snake that killed the rabbits. This is a thing I forgot to talk about, and I sound like I'm just <laughs> rolling off on one. It doesn't matter. Never mind. Uh, Chris. There's a brief snake cameo in one of the earlier 3D shots. Yeah, I guess that's technically the. No, it's not because of the credits are in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris finds the bathroom flooded, the shower left on to wash some bloody clothes. She rushes out of the house to look for Rick again, and Jason hits her with the old Pamela Voorhees special. A body that falls down from a tree, followed by a second corpse being tossed through the window, smashing it. Jason climbs in and chases after her with an axe, but she briefly stuns him by dropping a bookcase and hides in an upstairs room. She screams after realizing that Debbie's body has been hidden in there also, but pulls the blade out from her and uses it to stab Jason, injuring him enough for her to flee through a window. Um, I've realized that watching these movies, I cannot detach them from the fact that there is, like, video games that simulate this. Uh And they don't have to do a lot of work, really, to make that transition, huh? You mean the sort of, like, a Heavy Rain or Until Dawn style? No, I mean, like, literally, there there is a Friday the 13th video game. There is also, like, Dead by Day stuff. Because, like, the Friday the 13th video game is interesting because, like, one of the ways, one of the, like, tactics you can employ is to, like, find the shack with the sweater and, like, pretend to be Pamela and then you can stun Jason. Yeah. And, like... I I know, like, the Jason alike stuff in Dead by Daylight, I think it's called, does revolve a lot around, like, oh, you can't kill them, but you can't hit them with shit to stun them briefly. I've never heard of that, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how that's just kind of models already in the films. They they already do kind of feel very video gamey, right? Yeah. Um My favorite version of this is still Halloween. Because it's like he's not even a ghost. Like Jason's kind of a ghost. But He sort of the, is, but I feel like they go to a lot of lengths to like make him feel very much just like a person despite all the like wrappings i feel like on the scale of person to ghost jason's pretty high on the ghost scale sort of i mean i guess he does like go to a lot of lengths to remain fairly stealthy right just like his mom Hmm. but um mike myers is literally just a man just an evil man and he's still like unkillable in that movie. Yeah. We should watch Halloween um, at some point. I, I do have like a DVD. We really should. I I was thinking that like, you know, once we finish Friday the 13th, we'll move on to our next like series project. Maybe. But I if like the first one is important to like getting a lot of the lineage of these, mm-hmm. we should probably at least make that like brief crossover. Um, even if we don't sure. like immediately cover it, I should probably just watch it anyway. Oh, I'll recommend watching Halloween any day of the week. Sounds good. Uh, so, Chris, having fled out the window, ambushes Jason with a big old log as he leaves the house, smacking it right on the head with it, before taking the van. Uh, but unfortunately, the gas was all siphoned out earlier, and she only makes it as far as the bridge before it stops. 
Jason tries to grab her through the window, but she winds it up to trap his arms and flees again on foot, stumbling and falling through the woods as she runs. She makes it into the barn and tries to barricade it, but Jason gets inside anyway and barricades it behind him, much more successfully. Uh, unfortunately, Chris is hidden, so he tosses the contents of the barn around looking for her. She has hidden atop one of the crossbeams, but she struggles and falls, knocking him down again briefly. They struggle for a bit more, and Chris manages to hit him on the head with a shovel. She takes the opportunity, and I believe this is the first time anyone in the franchise has done this so far, to get the actual kill. She hangs him from the front of the barn. Uh, gets a little moment to cool down before heading outside, only to discover that he is not actually dead. Of course he isn't, and Jason simply frees himself from the noose and comes back after her. Um, he is then ambushed by Ellie, who is still alive, but gets his hand and probably the rest of his body cut off for his trouble. This distraction fortunately gives Chris the opportunity to plant an X squarely in Jason's forehead, and he staggers after her for a few moments before collapsing. Pretty, pretty good shot. With, yeah. with the axe, I don't know about the cinematography. Uh, just like Alice before her, Chris gets in a canoe and paddles out into the lake, seemingly to safety. She wakes up, having not floated far, and is terrified to spot Jason watching from an upstairs window of the house. He rushes out to her, tossing the door aside as she tries to paddle away. But when Chris looks back, the door is still there, and there is no sign of her attacker. She looks back at the house, confused, just as the rotting, worm-ridden body of Pamela Voorhees emerges from the water to pull her under. Yeah! yeah. It's the coolest thing in this fucking movie. I, I really like how, in a weird way, like... This is the third movie, but it actually feels way more like it's riffing on the first one than the second one did. Um, yeah, The second sure. one just kind of felt like, here's Jason, he's going to do some murders. Whereas this one feels a lot more like it's playing with the stuff that we saw in the first one explicitly. I think part of that could also be like, the second one is 11 months after Friday the 13th. This one is a year and a half after, and so, like, not only is there more time between this one and the last one, there's also time enough to be like, oh, now, with this one, we know the impact. We better understand the impact of the first one. Yeah, I suppose. And, like, that's been... it definitely feels like they had a little bit more time and a little bit, a little more time to reflect on it and more material to reflect on it uh, and, like, have more context when making this one. Definitely. I guess it's like a lot easier to know like which of the scenes you should flip here when there has been time for them to like be in the public conscious. Yeah. Uh, so a few cops show up at the house and escort a clearly traumatized Chris from the house to a patrol car before driving away. Jason's body is still lying dead in the barn. Um, who knows how long far there is more of these movies. But as the camera fades to the lake again, bubbles rise to the surface. And that's Friday the 13th, part 3, D.
pretty okay movie, I guess. Um, I, pretty okay movie. I like it more than the second one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. I think the first one is still the best one of these. Yes, it is hard to beat Power of Rockies. But, um... Yeah. Yes, it is a decent. This one's watchable. Yeah, stamp it on the box. <laughs> I have already mentioned it, but I do like the way it sort of like role reverses a lot of the stuff from the first movie. Like we get, we get old Pam doing the water scare. Got Jason tossing people through windows. <laughs> it's the Voorhees special. The Voorhees tag team. God, it is criminal that people put like. Slasher movie characters in video games and haven't done Jason and Pamela tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fact that Pamela makes that little cameo appearance in this one, even though it's not like real, um, just really, I I really enjoyed that. Does she show up in any of the other movies? Oh, hold on. Um, I mean, her head was in the first, in the in the second one, at the end. Sure, I mean, like, going forwards. I have no idea. Oh, I hope so. That would be nice. I, I, I'm reasonably certain that that act, that, uh, that actor does not appear. Oh, well. I feel like she's kind of got the, as a character, has the wrong end of the deal with Jason becoming the, the big star. Yeah. Um, I feel like most people who care about Friday the 13th are going to care about Jason more. I, I think we will just simply hold our little, uh, little candle for Pamela. Yeah, we are the, the low and Pamela defenders. Um, oh, well. Did we have any questions this week? We got a couple. Oh, I love questions. Wait, I could be wrong. Let me... Double check the email because I could have just gotten an email. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> oh, hello. It's okay. We're not in a real segment right now. But okay. <laughs> this will get cut. Or it won't. That'd be pretty funny. I'll shut up now. Shut the fuck up. It's fine. It gives me an opportunity to type loudly. Uh, while I load up the IMDb so I can find things that are funny. I was just looking at the uh, Ebert review of Friday the 13th Part 2. Oh, what do you think? Uh, as soon as the character from the first movie dies at the beginning of the second one, he says, uh, for me, the fun stopped. Oh, big same. I like Alice. Uh, let me just scroll down to the bottom... <laughs> sinking sinking into my seat in this movie theater from my childhood i remembered the movie fantasies i had the movie fantasies when i was a kid they involved teenagers who fell in love made out with each other customized their cars listened to rock and roll and were rebels without causes neither the kids in those movies nor the kids watching them would have understood a worldview in which the primary function of teenagers is to be hacked to death asterisk 
This review will suffice for the Friday the 13th film of your choice. <laughs> <sighs> That's fun. <laughs> you want to know something fun about Shelley? Yeah. Uh, that actor was cast when the producers spotted him handing out flyers for a horror movie. <laughs> uh, we do not have any questions. Oh, well. That happens occasionally. Maybe it's just yeah. not an interesting enough movie to ask questions about. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess so. I, mean, I also didn't put out the call until, like, today... Fair enough. Um, do you have any questions? Uh, would you like to hear about the two alternate endings that were shot thanks to IMDB.com? Sure. Uh, apparently one has Chris doing the same thing to kill Jason, except that Ali barely survives, and both of them escape, with Jason walking away because when the police arrive, his body is not there. The other ending has Chris kill Jason, then go out in the canoe and fall asleep. But in her dream, Jason decapitates her with a machete. Uh, why couldn't Ali survive? Hey, cinema audience. That was tested these endings, probably. Uh, retweet if you know why. <laughs> uh, oh, a bunch of the deaths were cut. To avoid an X rating. Uh, X ratings are bullshit. Yeah, I d- you know I did think when I was watching it that it cut away from a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I did. I I actually didn't notice that. Um, I felt like there was a lot of bits where it was just like Jason swings the weapon and there was like brief blood and then it moves on. The thing that I did notice is when he's killing Ali and like does there's he's off screen when he does it and I was like oh that's weird like all first of all it's a weird character choice for Jason to just you know whack this guy a few times um that seems weird and then like he comes back at the end of the movie so I was like okay that was a f- the function of that was so that you don't actually see him die, so that he can be barely alive at the end of the movie, so that Chris can call him in for the assist, but... I mean, she does get the like, assist, it just doesn't go super well on Ali's side. Oh, sure. Though The thing where Jason just hits that guy, in both times he kills him, just like, whacks him four times, is so weird to me, because it doesn't feel like Jason at all. I mean, the second time Jason is always it. like... The second time is huh? with a machete. He's just like hacking him to pieces at that point. Yeah, but that's not Jason. True. My point is that Jason like shows up, you get scared, and you either die immediately or you get chased. But like, he's one and done. Yeah, he kind of turns into the hardware robot for a minute here. Just like, oh, got a body to cut up. <laughs> it's just weird and. I'm not sure what it's supposed to imply about Jason. Hmm. Um, Hopefully nothing. Hopefully this was just, oh, we have decided to go to the ending where this guy doesn't make it. Like, this is also a case of, like, maybe in the next one he's doing this more. Maybe this is part of that one of those shifts that I mentioned. But it was just, like, a weird thing I noticed that I didn't know 
how to like how to interpret it. Yeah. That's what I didn't think about. Um but one thing I always know how to interpret is the front page of Funko.com. Sure. Do you want to take me to the Funko Zone then? Yeah. Uh, we're greeted on the front page by new Harry Potter pops. Oh, actually, I do have one last Friday the 13th thing to mention. Okay. These kids all fucking know they're going to get killed. The news has been very blatant about the murders that keep happening here constantly every goddamn time. This is some sort of weird, like, death ritual. They all know it's happening. It's fine. We don't need to feel bad for them. <laughs> well, I would feel more bad for them if they were, like, more fleshed out or characterful. True. Like, I kind of feel bad about Shelly just because it was like, oh, you almost started a character arc with this guy, mm-hmm. and then you, like, knocked him off. But, well, that's um, what happens to you in these movies. But you know who hasn't lost their head is Harry Potter. I'd like to remove his head, but carry on. (laughs) The front page greets us with three iconic Funko Pop. We have Harry Potter in his pajamas holding the invisibility cloak for the first time. His iconic pajamas? We have. uh, Those are not iconic pajamas. Okay. But we are also greeted by Hermione floating the feather because Leviosa... Not Leviosa. Uh, and then the other one, right next to the two of them, is the scene where Ron Weasley is vomiting slugs. He's Funko Pop of vampire Ron <laughs> Weasley holding a bucket of slugs. I say vampire because he's very pale. It is deeply funny looks that like he's been vomiting. Of all the things that happens to Ron in the movies, that is the thing that decided, right, this is the one we need to make into a model. People want this. Also, I, I yeah. did goof about the pajamas, but those are actually not the pajamas I was expecting to see. They are not the iconic pajamas. <laughs> uh, but you know what time it is. I'm going to go to the search bar. I'm going to type in Friday the 13th, part three. No results at all. Wow. Uh, but if I add 3D to the end, Ooh. now we're getting somewhere. I don't know if you knew this, Today, but all of the Funko Pops are actually 3D by default. Uh, this one especially, because today, your Funko to rate is um, the 10th Doctor with 3D glasses. Interesting. This is not a. This is not our friend Jason Voorhees, who I was expecting. It is instead a Hot Topic exclusive Tenth Doctor. Uh, I have mm-hmm. to assume that he wears these three D glasses at some point, and this is not just a you know a strange one off that they have put out. I'm sure he does a goofy bit with the three D glasses or something, or he doesn't understand what they're for or something like oh, that. Oh, probably that sounds like David Tennant. He's always doing those goofy things, except for the times when he has an incredibly serious role. Which is about half the time, I guess. Like, now. like Genlock. I haven't seen Genlock. He's in it. <laughs> He's, he is also in Doctor, uh, not Doctor Who. Harry Potter. Can I actually go back? Wait, he is in Doctor Who. Yes, he is. In, I don't know if you knew this, I... but he's the tenth Doctor <laughs> with the three D glasses. Wait, David Tennant mm-hmm. is the tenth Doctor. Oh wow, that's that must be why they so, did it. What do you think of this guy? So first up. Those 3D glasses, you've got the blue, you've got the red, 
That's what 3D glasses are supposed to look like. That's good. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, his hair kind of looks like shit, but I guess you can't really do hair on pups very well. Especially when, you know, it's just kind of not a specifically, like, styled haircut. It's just, like, person hair. What person have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, he does have quite the, the dapper outfit there. You know, he's got a little suit. He's got a waistcoat. Yeah, he has a screwdriver for fixing things. I don't know if you know this about the doctor, but he's actually a doctor of engineering. You get doctors mm-hmm. of engineering in some places. That's a true fact. I thought doctor was the word that aliens use to talk about a warrior. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> he does have some very, <laughs> very white shoes here that have clearly been kept spotlessly clean. Uh, I guess the doctor doesn't go anywhere where his shoes can get dirty. No, which is or he sonics them off. Uh, it does make sense. What a handy tool. Just like the wands carried by our good friends Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, and Ron Weasley. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike the scores that I would give to those few friends, though, this guy, you know, taking all this into account, it's going to be zero Funkos out of five. Okay. That's unfortunate, but, you know, I, I have to be. I have to be honest. You have to live your truth. Yeah. Well, that is all the time we have for the Funko Zone today. Uh, where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at workazel.com. They can also find my tabletop work at workazel.itch.io. How about you? You can find me on Twitter at NeitherNora, and you can find all the stuff that I do at norablake.online. And where can people send questions? Export audio podcast at gmail.com. Good. Well, time is up for the car hour. Send in those questions and join us next week as we watch the 2004 movie Van Helsing. But until then. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> until then, good night. Good night. <laughs>